0: Welcome back to the podcast. This is Charlotte creative and technical director here at evidence for faith. And if you're new to the podcast, we actually alternate between two different series on Tuesdays and Fridays. And since we just finished, our last Tuesday series last week, we are starting a brand new one. And we are going to be tackling the archaeology of Daniel. This is going to be a really interesting series because we actually ordered new artifacts and it was a little last addition to our production schedule. And Michael felt like we really needed to address it. So, speaking of archaeology, before we jump into the meat of today, um, we are going to be leading a trip to Israel to go visit some historical and archeological sites alongside Dr. Stephen Notley, who is a very good friend of Michael. So if you've always wondered uh, what it was like there or wondered where were these sites, what where the Bible happened, I'm explaining this very poorly. But if you ever wanted to go see Israel for yourself and see where biblical history happened and where these characters live, this is going to be an excellent opportunity for you to come and get all your burning questions answered. So, Michael Lane and Dr. Stephen Notley will be co leading the trip together. Dr. Stephen Notley is an archaeologist uh, down there currently. So if you want to get more information on that, pricing, dates, and all that good stuff, you can go to the links in the description. Uh, you can go to EvansForFaith.org 2023israel, or you can click on the events tab. So as always, this program is supported by listeners just like you. If you'd like to help support the broadcast and keep it free, you can become a donor at EvansForFaith.org give. And with that, here's Michael and the introduction to the archaeology of Daniel.
1: Hi, and welcome to Evidence for Faith. I am so glad you're joining us today Um, what is starting off to be a brand new series, um, actually, sort of a small one, but we're doing a series having to do with archaeology. But what kind of archaeology? We're going to focus primarily on the book of Daniel. I love the book of Daniel. Daniel is one of my favorite books. Of course, I say that just about with every book, um, but I love the book of Daniel, and Daniel um, does have some remarkable archaeology that supports this book. And so what we're gonna do in this lesson here, this is an intro. We're not gonna get into the actual artifacts as we normally just jump right into artifacts. This one I wanted to give you a little preview on why Daniel is not accepted sometimes by critics and and, um, skeptics of the Bible and what their reasons are because it is often attacked. Outside of the book of Jonah, Daniel is probably the most attacked book we have in our Bible. Um, particularly in the Old Covenant that um, agnostics and atheists and just Bible skeptics love to take pokes at. And what I've done is I've read through a lot of their papers, numerous, numerous papers and books that they have published talking about this. And basically it comes down to seven problems. And we're going to take a look just at this introduction just showing you some of the problems that they have and how they're not that not that serious of a problem. Matter of fact, they're not problems at all when you get into the archaeological record. Now, as I say, many critics and skeptics of the Bible, they just love to focus on Daniel. And I guess one reason, too, is Daniel's a very popular book. It's got some excellent stories in it we love to tell. It's a a major book of prophecy. And today in the world we're living in, wow, this is a major book that we need to study more and more. So critics will often cite that this book is false. Um, So let's examine their reasons before getting into the archaeological record of the artifacts that we have here. Now, according to the Bible, Daniel would have lived, by the biblical chronological time frame, he would have lived around 620 to about 540 B.C. Now, critics state right here that the book of Daniel could not have been written until well after this, around 168 B.C., now, this is the period where Rome is starting to really grow and, and starting to come into being a world power. So Daniel um, lived hundreds of years before that period of time. And one of the major reasons, and when I, I've read this in numerous books and on numerous papers, one of the major reasons that they have for this, that Daniel had to be written after 168, is because musical instruments are mentioned. And um, the names of these are Greek musical instruments. Thus musical instruments in Greece. Well, when Daniel, according to the Bible, is is around, there was no big Greek empire. Alexander the Great has not come in yet. That's hundreds of years away. So since it contains the names of musical instruments known in Greece, they say that it had to be written after the time of Alexander the Great, who ushered in the Hellenistic period um, after 330 BC. So just because of that, a lot of people will, well, because there's a musical instrument with a Greek name, let's, let's get rid of the book. Well, come on. Well, let's just think about this logically here. First of all, they claim that these also, that these prophecies that are found here are too exact. They're too perfect because Alexander the Great is prophesized in here. Rome is prophesized in this as coming and stuff. So they say, oh, it's, it's too perfect. The book of Daniel's too perfect. So, it had to be written after the events took place. And these critics will say it was written after, around 168, to make Daniel look prophetic. Well, other arguments, uh, other critics that arguments will use is the book of Daniel contains names of angels. Yes, uh, you heard me correct. The name of angels, because two angels are mentioned by name in, in the book of Daniel, Gabriel and, and Michael, because they are used in this. Well, um, that proves that to them that Daniel had to be written later around 168 B.C. Why did they say that? Because they insist that Jews never used names in the Old Covenant books. And it, that that didn't happen until like around 168, around the second century or so, did that start happening. Um, now, this is not evidence. And it really in, in no way diminishes the Judeo-Christian Beliefs that the book was written by Daniel really as we're going to get into this and i'm going to I'm going to take each one of these we're going to go um, take these apart and dissect these in a moment but be, I'm just stating, stating right now reasons that they don't and because they say there's names in the book of Daniel of angels, it shouldn't be in there I mean really, if you do look at a lot of the Old Testament books, they don't have names of angels that's true, but wow anyway let's move on. many critics claim also that Daniel was never included as a book of prophecy that it was just a book of literal interpretations and and allegories and, and things like this, that the characters were not really true people. Um, and because it's not a prophetic book, it was never included by the Jews, they say, as a prophetic book until about the second century, around 168. And then it was included be- um, finally as a prophetic book. Um, but before that, it was always Um, They said that it was always included not in the books of prophecy, but it was in the books of writings. Now, that would be like the books of uh, the Psalms, uh, Job, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon, those kind of books. They say it sat in there, that it was not a prophetic book. Critics also claim that certain people mentioned in the Bible, in the book of Daniel, have never been verified by historical records, such as Belshazzar. Um, just reading. Matter of fact, this morning I got, um, I received from a person a a message over the internet stating about an article, and they were they were struggling with it because it said in here that the um, that the Old Testament, particularly the book of Daniel, um, the characters and stuff are not real. They're not to be taken as literal characters. They're fables. They're myths that teach interesting points to the Jewish nation. Yeah, how about that? And that was just this morning. Just by coincidence, I got that as we were planning to do this recording here. So Belshazzar, they say, is, was never found and has never been found in history. So that proves that this book is fictitious because of that. Well, uh, let me make a short mo- uh, take a short moment now just to address these allegations. Let's take a look at what we've just stated from the critics uh, as to evidence that they post in their material Um, stating that the book of Daniel is inaccurate, a myth or a fable, or it's just some analogy that has good um, morals for, for learning and stuff like this. Well, first of all, number one, Daniel could not have been written before 168 BC, they say, and they say this because of the archaeological and the historical evidence and stuff. Well, let me, let me just say this flat out. Just because the book contains the, the names of Greek musical instruments, which is what their primary point was for this, there are evidence that because of the Greek instruments and stuff, just because you don't see Greek names of instruments does not mean it was written after the time of Alexander the Great. Go back and just look through history. You're going to see something fascinating about uh, Babylon. Babylon's been around for centuries. Also, it has always been Even in Old Testament, the uh, early parts of the Old Testament stuff, going way back in time, um, it's still a major city. So it's a major city of commerce. And it is doing uh, commerce and trade with a lot of different nations. And as time goes on, it continued. So it would be perfectly logical, since they're dealing with different nations from all over the known ancient world, then people are coming there, trading and stuff like this. It would be quite logical that musical instruments would make it from even Greece as far into uh, Babylon. I mean, even during the time of the period of Christ, there have been pieces of Spanish, Spanish now, um, glass and ornaments and stuff that have been found in Jerusalem at the time of Christ that came all the way, they are Spanish, all the way from Spain because there's trade and stuff going on. So it's quite logical that musical instruments could have been brought over into Babylon before 168, even before the Hellenistic or Alexander the Great, because there's so much trade going on. So that criticism just does not stand up. Second, concerning the false idea that Daniel was written around 168, well, there's a problem with that also. You see, There's a book called the Septuagint. I have a copy here. This is my Septuagint, which is the Septuagint. If you're unfamiliar with this, it's a Greek copy of the Old Covenant. And this was written, the original Septuagint was put together somewhere around 250 BC. You know something? The Septuagint, the oldest copies we have of the Septuagint show Daniel was included in that. That's around 250 BC. So when critics say 168 BC, you can see they're over 100 years off right there. Um, also we're not done with this one. When you get to our Bible today and you look at the book of prophecy of Ezekiel and you read in Ezekiel, um, by the way, Ezekiel lived somewhere, we believe around 593 to about 565 BC. This is way before 168. This is hundreds of years before. Do you know that in chapter 28 of Ezekiel, Daniel is referenced? Mm Mm-hmm. So, Daniel would have been a contemporary of Ezekiel. But the thing is, he's referenced in that book. Also, in the works of Josephus, the first century Jewish historian, which I have one of his copies. A copy of his works here and even in this book he refers to uh, the book of Daniel and stuff now he was first century um, AD but the thing is he's recording the history of the Jewish nation and he talks about it he actually mentions how when Alexander the Great around 330 um, BC was coming through his conquest taking on the Persian Empire came To Jerusalem, as he approached Jerusalem, he did not destroy Jerusalem because he was met, according to Josephus, uh, this historian, that the high priest took a scroll of the copy of Daniel and met him on the outskirts of Jerusalem to show him that Daniel, a prophet of the Hebrew nation, actually recorded all about um, Alexander the Great coming and conquering the whole world. And according to Josephus, that Alexander then um, came down and he made a sacrifice actually to the Lord God, the true God, because of what this prophecy showed. The thing is, this is in uh, around 330 B.C. And if he's going to show him a copy of it, it means he had to have a copy of it. Um, So that scroll right there shows that uh, uh, in the works of Josephus, how this has all been taking place uh, beforehand, that the book of Daniel already existed. A third reason that the prophecies contain is sort of building off the last one, that the prophecies contained in the book of Daniel are so absolutely perfect dealing with world um, powers and world empires and stuff that would come. They say it is too perfect. Thus, it has to have been written well after the, uh, the events took place. Oh, yeah, that's really a good reason uh, to insist upon that. Now, to insist that the, because the prophecies, because the book is so accurate in detailing the Babylonian Empire, the Persian Empire, um, the uh, Hellenistic, uh, the, the Greek Empire, the uh, Romans that come afterwards, and even that the Messiah, because Daniel has all that about there um, in his book too, because all these things are so perfect, that doesn't mean that that it was written after the fact. That means that there is a God. Who really knows things so those who insist upon this they're basically building all of that stance that it's too perfect to be um written way before they're stating basically in a way that they don't believe that there is a god i mean that's the assumption that they're making that god couldn't have done this listen folks god Is omniscient. He is knowing everything. Nothing is too difficult for him. He knows the future. He told Daniel what to write, what was going to happen, and Daniel wrote it down for nothing is too difficult for God. After all, there's other prophet prophetic books in the Bible. How come they're not under attack like Daniel? That doesn't make sense. Daniel is a major book of prophecy. No question about it. Fourth thing: dealing with this whole deal with the angels' names two angels being named in the book of Daniel. Oh, here's Gabriel, here's Michael. It's gotta be after the fact, written after all this because the other books of the Old Testament don't have those names in it. Well, it's true. The Old Covenant books do not do not include names of angels. That is true. But what does that actually prove? Nothing. That doesn't prove a thing. The book of Daniel was, in just the time frame of the Bible, one of the last books to be written in the, the Old Testament covenant. Um, and so you can compare that with all these other books. Yeah, you will see that there's no other angelic names mentioned in there. But to say that, well, he's the only one who mentions this means that the other ones didn't. That means it had to come later. That is totally fictitious. There's no logic to that whatsoever. Just because there's names of angels, that does not give us a date. It doesn't do it. Totally disagree. It's a logical conclusion that they come to. A fifth point. Daniel, they say, is a prophetic book. And it was, in, um, it was in the Old Covenant, of course. But uh, from the earliest records, they say that Daniel was never um, a prophetic book, one of the major prophetic books. Well, as we said, the Septuagint places it in the Book of Prophets, in the section of the Prophets. Josephus refers to it as a book of prophecy. Other ancient writers, Melito of Sardis, Origen, the early church father, all these people always claim this book is exactly what it was saying it was it was written by a guy named Daniel back at the time of nebuchadnezzar and that it is true it is a true book of prophecy so this idea that it was not included in a book of prophecies actually that comes more from a modern stance and modern criticism of this book, because this was something that was never really talked about in the old um, periods of time. It's it's a modern new theory that's come up with, which is totally unfounded. No, it's, it is a book of prophecy. A sixth reason. Now, this one's really interesting, and I've heard this one a number of times. Some of the names that are mentioned in the book of Daniel have not been verified by archaeology. That's true. There are some, that names of the Bible uh, you find of characters in Bible that just don't appear anywhere in archaeology. I mean, when you consider how many thousands of names of people there are in the Bible, well, that's not that um, odd, really, when you think about how much we have actually dug up. Um, so there's many reasons this can be true. First and foremost is the fact that biblical archaeology, this science, is a relatively new science. It's about the same age as the uh, the science of genetics. Um, they began in the um, middle of the 18th or 1800s. So it's not that old of a science. Because of that, we haven't discovered a whole lot of stuff. Our, uh, scholars and archaeologists estimate that we've only discovered about five, maybe at the most 10% of all of the archaeological evidence that's out there. We've only found five to 10% of it. So most of it, in other words, most of what we're coming across that support, uh, that will pertain to the Bible, support the Bible, that hasn't been found yet. It's still under the dirt. It's still out there. Um, Much of it is still undiscovered. But here's an important point. Every single artifact that has been found, not one of these can prove the Bible wrong. Not one. There has not been one archaeological discovery that disproves the Bible. Whereas there's been tens of thousands of discoveries that show support that the Bible is true. And almost monthly, we keep coming across new discoveries that people are finding out, wow, this is just what the Bible said. Mm -hmm. And then let's get to the seventh and the final one. Critics love to point out that the names of certain people, historical characters and stuff mentioned in a book or Bible have not been found in history. Well, um, that's not that unusual. Like I say, concerning how many names there were, But let me give you one fact that helps to explain this. First of all, it was not uncommon in ancient times because of all these different nations all over the ancient world that they had their own languages and they had their own names for people. Uh, For instance, in the book of Esther, there's a king that's called Ahasuerus. Now, we know him today as Xerxes the Great, but the Jews had a different name for him. Also. In the book of Esther, the, uh, Esther's name herself. Esther is Persian for Hadassah. Hadassah is her Hebrew name. Esther was the Persian name. Look at uh, 2 Kings. Um, chap, uh, in the latter part of the books of 2 Kings, you come across one of the kings of Judah whose name is Uzziah. He's mentioned in frequent books. Uzziah was also named and, and called King Azariah. Same guy, two different names, just like what we keep seeing here. Pharaoh Shishak. In 1 Kings, Pharaoh Shishak comes and, according to the Bible, he uh, defeats um, the Jews and uh, the Israelites and conquers the land there. Well, Egyptologists know that his Egyptian name was the I. Same guy. The Jews had one name. The Egyptians have another. This is what goes on. So just because we see certain characters in the Bible that are not uh, we don't find actually evidence for but Sometimes it's because they could be called something else. And we're going to see this as we go through Daniel. You're going to see this a couple of times. That certain people apparently have different names in different places. But it's still the same person. Even even Daniel himself and his three friends. Daniel and his friends um, Adonijah, Azariah, Mishael. Well, they were given Babylonian names. Uh, Daniel was called Belteshazzar. And then you had Shadrach, Meshach, and Abendigo, You have those names, yet it's the same character. So we come across um, different cultures have different names. And this is this is common throughout the ancient world in studying these different nations and stuff. And that people will be called different names in different places. So that is not a, a reason not to believe in the book of Daniel. And as I say, as we're going to be studying artifacts, we'll be showing you some different artifacts as we go through this. And some of these are just absolutely fascinating what have been found. And they're just going to really rock your socks and and, uh, frost your Wheaties because some of these things are just absolutely amazing that support the book of Daniel. And a lot of people have no idea these things have even been discovered. And even when they go to a museum, uh, say in London, or if they go to Jerusalem and look at museums and see these things, a lot of times they just don't make the connection that points that these things are actually supporting the book of Daniel so well and they do and that's what we're going to try and show you as we go through here so this was just the introduction now we're going to get into in the next lessons following this we're going to get into these archaeological discoveries and let you see as i point out the little details here how accurate the book of daniel is it's a remarkable book and i hope that as you explore this series with us the short series on these artifacts dealing with book of daniel it will cause you to love this book more and more and as i say it's a book of modern prophecy taking place and showing us what's going on in the world today even when the disciples asked jesus what's the signs of of you coming again um in matthew chapter i think it's 24. what does jesus say what did daniel say so go to the book of daniel you'll learn so much about um about what's going to happen in the future what's happened in the past what's going to happen in the future because he is one of the major prophets talks a lot about the messiah And his coming. So I hope you'll join us for the rest of these series when we get actually into the artifacts. It's going to be so cool to see these things. And I hope you'll be with us and stay tuned with us on this because it's just going to be such dynamite stuff. So until we meet again, take care and may God bless.
0: Thanks for tuning in, and thank you to our donors who make this program possible. Evidence for Faith is a 501c3 nonprofit ministry based in the USA. You can support this broadcast by donating online using the links in the description. And don't forget to leave us a comment, a review, likes, and shares to feed the algorithm and help others find this content. Thanks again, and we'll see you on the next episode.